Welcome to Travel First with Chris Coleman and Alex First. Well, welcome along again to Travel First. Now, there's a guy that I used to speak to a lot and he sort of dropped off the perch for a period of time. And not only has he come back, but he's gone on a cruise on the Norwegian Jewel for 19 days. So it's only appropriate that we introduce Chris Coleman, the world traveller. G'day, Chris. <laughs> Alex, good to be back. And you make it sound like I'm some sort of Norwegian blue parrot that's fallen off the perch and is pining for the fjords. Exactly, you are. No question about that. And uh, good on you for Faulty Towers. I think it was voted the, <laughs> the number one British comedy very recently. And it largely stacks up, as does, can I say, as does... A cruise ship holiday. Now, I know there are some people who say, straight up, no, not for me. And can I say, I get that. I believe that you're probably one of those who's not really a cruise ship person. Well, it's not so much me. My wife gets, well, equilibrium is thrown out of balance, out of whack, very, very readily. So she's extremely fearful of being in that sort of rocking motion. So that's why cruise ships are probably not for her. Was there a rocking motion on board. I mean, the Norwegian Jewel is a big ship. So, how, I mean, how how heavy did the waters get? Well, we sailed from Sydney up the east coast of Australia over to Darwin and then up through Indonesia and onto Singapore. There wasn't any real storm activity. There wasn't any really heavy seas. It got a little bit rocky on a couple of days. Uh, however, I've been on, on, on bigger ships than that sailing from the South Island of New Zealand to Tasmania and, and put up with 14-metre seas, and, yeah, the ship does get a real rock on there. It, it is going to happen. The ships have stabilisers and so on these days, but uh, the, the ship, look, they're still sitting on top of the water. The surface of the water moves, the ship moves, even if they are 200, 300 metres long with uh, 2,500 passengers on board and, you know, 90,000 tonnes. Where were you located in terms of your cabin? Where, how, how far above the waterline? Uh, our cabin was on the sixth deck, so we had a window, we didn't have a balcony, so we were probably about a third of the way up the ship, but uh, you spend a lot of time on the upper decks, basically, because that's where the swimming pool is and where some of the bars are, uh, so you do get to feel the motion there, but again, for for, uh, for this cruise, the weather was pretty good, so uh, we didn't contend with uh, any heavy seas. Which should... I want to ask you another question, though. In terms of cabins, because one of the what's that term that one uses in terms of the walls closing in being really pokey? <laughs> Claustrophobia. Yeah. So how how did you fare in that regard? I mean, headspace. You're not a little fellow. So how much headspace above your head was there? And, and overall, was the cabin like a tiny hotel room or what? The, the cabins are, unless you're spending megabucks, cabins on any cruise ship are not going to be palatial by any means. They're comfortable. You don't spend a lot of time in your cabin. So let's just put that there first up. When you're out on the, on the seas, you're not really sitting in your cabin all the time. You're at the bar. You're at the, 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 uh, the, the entertainment on board, whether it's live shows, uh, other stuff in the theatre, some of the activities around the place. Uh, you're sitting by the pool uh, or you're in port and, and you're taking on a shore excursion. So there's plenty of other things to do uh, so you're not in your cabin all the time. Uh, so if you, if, you, if you look at it in, in, in that regard, you're just using your cabin as, as sleeping quarters. And so the size of it doesn't matter so much. The bed, a little bit hard for my taste on, on this occasion, but still very comfortable. And you mentioned the rocking motion before. One thing you do get, Alex, when you are lying down at night and it is pitch black, because it is out of the ocean, it is pitch black when it's, when it's night time, uh, you get that gentle rocking motion and you do get lulled to sleep. 
and it is a wonderful, relaxing night's sleep as well. So, But the cabins themselves, I don't think I could do an interior cabin with no window at all. Uh, and there were, sm- there were cabins lower down the ship that have smaller windows. We had a largish window. When I say largish, let's say three and a half feet by three and a half feet, so, so maybe a metre or maybe a little bit more than a metre square which allowed plenty of, uh, plenty of light and plenty of view. Further up the ship you go, the pricier they are, and uh, you get things like balconies or, or large balconies, and, and you get suites, which are bigger rooms again. This is Travel First with Chris Coleman and Alex First. So talk about the... Uh, you did a 19-day cruise aboard the Norwegian Jewel. What sort of... How does that compare if you were sort of to do your own thing? What, what are you paying virtually per day? If you divide what you spent overall for your wife and yourself... Over the 19 days, is it does it work out at 500 bucks a day, 300 bucks a day for all the food you can eat and the travel, or what, how much are you spending? Uh, for the cruise, it was uh, around about seven thousand dollars. Now the price that's seven thousand Australian in in early 2019. Mm. That that price, as you said, it includes. Your food, most of your food, there are, there are specialty restaurants that you pay extra for that we'll talk about in another episode, but there's, uh, it, it includes your food at your standard restaurants, it includes some soft drinks, uh, basic tea and coffee and so on, but premium coffee uh, and alcohol you will pay extra for unless you pay for a, 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 an alcohol package or you take advantage of a deal before you get on board, and this is something I'll come to again later on, cruise lines offer deals before you get on board. And they're quite often worth doing. That's so three seventy bucks a day now. Does that include when you go into a port? Does that include a, a trip out of the ship, or do you have to pay extra for that? You have to pay extra for that. Mm-hmm. You, you do have to pay extra for that. But for for you said three seventy per day, which sound which, which is about right. So it's one hundred and eighty per person per day. But that includes three square meals a day, plus as many snacks as you like, plus a lot of entertainment options. And do you get soft drinks for that as well, or you have to pay? Pay for those extra. There are some soft drinks. So it's usually a, a, a fruit juice or a cordial type soft drink or, or chilled water. Uh, there's also flavoured milks available uh, and, and other uh, varying items as the, as the cruise progresses. All right. So let, let, let's put that into context. If we are talking about 370 a day, generally speaking, for a decent hotel room, not a great hotel room, but a decent hotel room, you'd certainly be paying upwards of 200 bucks a day, wouldn't you? Exactly. Right, so that means that you've got an extra $170, which takes care of all the meals, and then you've got entertainment as well. So I reckon that's pretty damn good value, to be honest. It is good value, and the other thing is, as we wrap this episode up, Alex, is that it's you're in a mobile five-star hotel. Uh, for instance, we got on board in Sydney, we had some entertainment, we went to bed, we woke up the next morning and the hotel had moved to Newcastle. We went to bed, a couple of days later the hotel had moved to Brisbane and so on to Airlie Beach and to Cairns and to Darwin and then through Indonesia. So you're in the hotel, you're getting to see extra places, you're not having to pay to travel those other pla- to those other places as well. How many other people are on there with you? Like how many passengers in total? The capacity for the Norwegian Jewel was, from memory, a tick under 2,400. You, you're fitting those 2,400 sorry, 2,400 people on a, on a ship that's about 300 metres long. So uh, there's plenty of people around, but it doesn't always feel like there's lots of people around. Terrific, Chris. Well, great to talk to you again. Chris Coleman with me on Travel First. We'll catch you next episode. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.